1: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star...
0: Welcome to another Thursday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton and Aisha Morrison with you here in our little podcast studio. You'll notice it's just the two of us on your feed. in the studio. We've got Jess, though, joining us remotely. She is handling some personal business, so she is luckily spending some time with us virtually ladies how was the week how are we doing i'm gonna go to aisha first because i'm told we have a delay so aisha how was your week
2: <laughs> it's just been nuts dude like, <laughs> uh i can uh check on your loved ones man check on your people tell me love them all that good stuff and yeah it's just been just adjusting to the off season and just kind of how life is it's like i can't even explain it it's like the fog is clearing yeah, and, right? and, and everyone's like, Oh, you have time now. Oh, you have a li- no.
0: I don't. It's I, the I, same. I don't.
2: But uh everything's cool other than that though, guys.
0: Good, good. Jess, how we doing? How we feeling on this Thursday morning?
3: You know what, guys? I'm feeling really optimistic. It's been a really weird week for me. I was really sick. I had some stuff happen at my apartment and then I got really unfortunate news about my grandma. Uh, she's doing good all is well but that did uh, kind of extend a a forced trip back home so a nine-hour drive with two dogs is always very interesting especially when you have to get down at a gas station by yourself with two dogs very fun stuff Um, but I'm back home getting some much-needed nephew loves and uh, hanging out with my mom so yeah like Aisha said love your people hug your people this week has just been so up and down for me so uh, I just appreciate every Everyone who's checked in, who who, uh, texted me when they saw the tweet. And, yeah, I I just love you guys so much. And, of (laughs) course, I had to, like, come on here virtually because this is, like, food for my soul. So thank you guys very much. And I'm excited to be here virtually uh, with this incredible window background because uh, my parents have a bird. I'm at their house. So if you hear something screaming, it is a bird. I swear. It is not a bird. I know, right? (laughs) What's the bird name? It's It's a very interesting situation. (laughs) Her name is Clarissa. And the thing is, yes, and that's that's the problem is Mm. that she doesn't say normal words. She cusses. So I don't want to get flagged here (laughs) or anything. So I'm in this deep, dark corner because I'm not trying to get in trouble with Chris or Jazzy (laughs) for my parents cussing bird. So there you have it.
0: All right, we also saw, or I saw earlier before we started, to. Uh, Jess has her dogs with her. I believe she held up Toby a second ago, so Jess, feel free to just, like, take a break. Show us Toby every now and then. Hey, nephew. <laughs> I also have a dog named Toby, too, so I love that we always find, like, new uh, connections between the three of us. <laughs> Uh, so obviously ladies this was such a busy week we had the season finale so to speak of the 2022 2023 oh. NFL season Jess lost her camera
3: <laughs> uh, I'm back sorry uh,
0: the Super Bowl wrapping up this week the Chiefs beating the Eagles 38-35 in what was I think one of the better Super Bowls we've had in recent years it was really competitive I thought the level of play was fantastic and I think for the first time in a couple years this was truly the 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 two best teams left in the NFL matching up. Uh, One of the things that's been kind of the talking point this week, and Aisha, I'll go to you for this, just because you're kind of our de facto uh, X's and O's, but that James Bradbury holding call last minute, that quote-unquote ended the game. It sealed the deal. He talked about it. Nick Sirianni talked about it. He admitted that it was holding. Um, But people are a little bit upset that that's how the game ended. Uh, For your perspective, you watch that whole game. You see that that's how it unfolds. What were your initial thoughts just on how the Super Bowl wrapped up?
2: Um, I mean, from a fan standpoint, of course, you're going to be like penalties have been such. The officiating
0: has been such a <laughs> no. It's not. It's in the best shape of its. Yes, it's in the best shape according to our. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. I won't lose my job. Look, look. Hey, it's been. But uh, no, the officiating
2: this whole. The officiating this whole season has been up and down and even in the playoffs we've seen some calls that are just like so of course I think it's natural for fans to be like duh like for it to end and for that to be the you know the big factor but the player admitted that it was there we have numerous replays showing that it's there and honestly as they said like that's not what lost the game for them like there were Quite a few pivotal moments in that game, and honestly, if Nick Bolton might have he might have a word on that fumble that right. he felt like was a, I'm sure a lot of people felt like was a fumble, but it ended up just being an incomplete pass. So, unfortunately, this is kind of how the game bounces sometimes, and that's what happens. So, uh, I don't know. I was at first I was like, for real, I felt the same way. But when you see it on the replay, as many times as you see it, you just like, okay, well that that's really a thing, and you can't give teams like KC. A, a breath of fresh air you cannot give them they're gonna capitalize off it and not, obviously did they did and they went on to win the game so unfortunate there for uh philly how that kind of worked out but in those moments that's when people's bodies get tight and he got a little tight <laughs> right there and he started grabbing which is something that a lot of corners yeah. do so um unfortunate but part of the game.
0: Yeah, I agree. And when you look at, too, just like the, again, just the matchup of how, you know, both teams were playing, you knew it was going to come down to kind of a play like that. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs were basically perfect in the second half, and you have to give them kudos for their quarterback coming back in after he tweaked his ankle. So tough break, right? But at the end of the day, I'm glad you brought up Nick Bolton because, to me, he should have won MVP. I mean, I, th- I think Patrick did great things. But when you look at what he contributed on a defensive perspective to con- help contain that Eagles offense, uh, I thought it was tremendous. Jess, I want to go to you. When you watched that game, I know we were all kind of like quietly and not so quietly rooting against the Eagles. Um, but what what stood out to you about this Super Bowl performance? Were there players that uh, that impressed you or a certain play in the game? What stood out to you on Sunday?
3: Yeah, so, you know, uh, Ayesha said, unfortunately, it turned that way for the Eagles. No, it's not. It's not, (laughs) unfortunate. I, for one, was very happy to see that it turned out that way for the Eagles because those Eagles fans are so obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Off that, off that soapbox. But to answer your question, who impressed me the most? And unfortunately, guys, I had to talk my smack about the Eagles because I'm going to say, obviously, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. They played the best game of their careers, in my opinion, both of them. Jalen Hurts looked phenomenal in that first half and that is scary that's scary because again you have talks of a long-term deal coming with him very soon which he has earned he deserves um so Jalen Hurts and then Patrick Mahomes t- retweaking that ankle coming back out that second half and playing like you said Haley a nearly perfect game that is phenomenal the fight uh and the grit that both of those guys really had as far as their leadership for their team um of course I love me a Travis Kelsey moment oh, so that's to see uh, the leg. Kelsey brothers story line really play you know what it it needs some work i'm, I'm not does gonna it? hate on him too much uh-uh. i'm just gonna say as a
0: dallas resident a bit of work. as
2: a dallas resident i was definitely <laughs> look, satisfied look, by his i leg. knew
0: i knew as soon as he hit that little oh, 45 no. degree angle oh and then he does that oh <laughs> it, was, yes, the it was all point it was all point you know
3: i will say if there's a competition with tight ends and this little dancing celebration thing tight end room in dallas like I- I'm just gonna say, I think they set the bar here, and and they gotta keep setting the, the bar up <laughs> higher and higher every year. Cause Travis Kelsey's coming for you with those dance moves, guys. I, I mean hate to say it but it's true and so yeah I think to answer your question both quarterbacks and um, it was just such a good game usually Super Bowls are so low scoring and what I was looking up because I was curious during the game is had this this game had 75 points total it would have matched the record for the highest scoring Super Bowl in Super Bowl history so not too far off there but I was definitely uh, keeping an eye on that because gosh what a great game and what a great halftime performance can we just give some kudos to our girl riri because amazing the
0: queen (laughs) we are not worthy it was so funny i was in miami last week uh visiting uh my boyfriend marcel so obviously we watched the game together and look i love football as much as you know everybody else in this building but when i tell you the hat like they came to the guys at the halftime set and the guys like trying to show the highlights I'm like turn the highlights off the highlights are about to happen Rihanna's about to perform (laughs) she was fantastic uh we love a good halftime performance she did great I love that she's getting ready to welcome another baby as well shout out to her for uh setting the tone there as well but Jess you mentioned the quarterback play just and there's a reason why we're talking about the Super Bowl guys we're going to segue here in just a second but um when you look at what the quarterbacks did for both of these teams, you have the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, 21 for 27, 120, 182 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and also no sacks. So shout out to that Chiefs offensive line for Something keeping to talk him, about too. him protected. Uh, on the other side of that, Jalen Hurts, uh, 27 for 38, 304 yards, one touchdown. And that's just his passing yards, which I thought was, when I say phenomenal, that, I mean, like. You hadn't really had to see him pass that much at that efficient. Level So good on him. But really where he was impressive, once again, was on the ground. We know that's kind of his bread and butter. Uh, Three rushing touchdowns. I believe that that was the most by any quarterback in a Super Bowl performance. So uh, three rushing touchdowns for him, 70 yards on 15 carries. Uh, A lot of other guys who stepped up in this one. You'd mentioned Travis Kelsey. Isaiah Pacheco, to me, is I would get an Isaiah Pacheco jersey. I am obsessed with that guy and just the way he plays. Um, To me, an underrated part of – The Super Bowl, though, was uh, Jared McKinnon opting to go out of bounds at the two-yard line instead of running it into the end zone. He talked a little bit about um, uh, how—what did he call it? I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. Um, Oh, church mode, where, you know, they just kind of recognize that, you know, this game is bigger than just scoring a touchdown. So for him to go out of bounds and to kind of let Harrison kick the field goal to, I guess— Substitute that glory for someone else's glory. I thought that was really impressive Uh, Devontae Smith for the Eagles was really great. So a lot of good performances now the reason why we talk about the Super Bowl number one because it just happened, but number two um It made me think about, you know, if the Cowboys had been in that game, you know, if they were matching up with the Chiefs or if it was finally the I guess it wouldn't have been the rematch against the Eagles. But let's say it was it was Cowboys Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, Just some some matchups maybe or where the Cowboys could have found favor. Uh, Aisha, go to you first. If let's say the Cowboys were playing the Chiefs, we'll set that uh, situation up first. Where do they thrive? Where do they need work? Do they win that game? what does a matchup like that look like? Well,
2: a lot of the success that. Philly saw against their um, against the Chiefs' defense was really in the in the passing game in the secondary, and and uh, they, Philly was also able to get their running backs out in space and stuff like that. But the Chiefs, <laughs> the Chiefs, uh, credit to Andy Reid because when you look at the Chiefs defensively throughout the season, they, I, they didn't strike me as some dominant defensive team. <laughs> but dude, they were flying around, they were playing forward, and that's some, that's like, so like when you ask me like how would I how would I beat them or how would I The Super Bowl is such a unique thing with the time you have to game plan and just the adjustments you can make if you have a good coach you can make on the fly – the Chiefs came out to me and played such a defensive a defensive game in that second half like to adjust to what Philly was doing because they have the guys that can get open on their own and that's why you saw Devonte that's why you saw Devonte Smith get in the ball like that cuz he can create separation just getting it to your playmaker so if I'm being straight up with you when I was watching that game I was like man I don't know if Dallas can hang and yeah. it's not about... Listen, hey,, oh, don't be mad at me. <laughs> okay. and it's not, and it wasn't like in a in a bad way. I just was saying to myself, like, Dude, would Dallas have the stars to take over in those moments? Yeah, CD might get busy there. You know, he might have success. If TP was playing, he might have success. But the way that the Chiefs game plan to really make Philly have to beat them really in the passing game, they didn't run the ball extremely efficiently. I mean, Jalen did his thing. yeah. But just to even have the Chiefs shut down their run, like that's not something that they've done well all season. So that was what I took from it was like I was sitting there watching like, Could Dallas play maybe? But I don't know if they could hang with just how many stars stepped up in those moments. I mean, like Travis Kelsey just was like, hey, I'm here.
0: You know, every time, wide open, every time. If you need
2: me. (laughs) <laughs> you can call on me and so for me i yeah i, I don't like know how like can possible yeah <laughs> Kim possible. um but my bad. no <laughs> but my bad no it was just dope to see the the coaching to me like the chess match with the coaching like okay your guys doing this okay you guys keep doing this outside zone stuff we're going to make you we're going to make these our corners are going to come up and tackle and that was something that i saw as well so i don't know if i'm sorry i know that was long winded but for me was the dopest thing was just seeing the coaching adjustments mm-hmm. even The team's adjustments like we might not have did this well all season, but we might do it well today because this is Super Bowl day. So that's that's my thing is the game planning and how you can almost change your identity if you if you kind of want to to win that game, if you need to.
0: Jess, what about you? What what uh, where do you think the Cowboys could have thrived or could they have thrived at all? Yeah, I think <laughs> I
3: think if Dak played a game like he did uh, in Tampa Bay, had he played like that, the Cowboys would have stood a chance. I think, uh, you know, no no turnovers would have been absolute key for this game. Mm-hmm. And that's any game, right? I mean, we've talked about that all season is you can't have to- turnovers. But look what happened when Jalen Hurts fumbled that ball. That was really the downfall of the start of the downfall uh, for the Eagles there. So I think Dak would have had to play a near-perfect game and be in that same conversation as far as hey Jalen Hurts played uh, one heck of a game so so did Patrick Mahomes Dak would have had to be on that same kind of level to play a near perfect game no turnovers and again really rely on his guys now I think that would have fallen back on how creative the offensive game planning could have been um, and I think that is something that would have worried me a little bit is utilizing your weapons when you need to utilize them, utilizing your tight end room, utilizing Michael Gallup and even getting Noah Brown in there a little bit. Um, but I, what I would have been very interested to see and you know, unfortunately the turf uh, at Shh. the stadium proved otherwise Ugh. is I would have been interested to see the kind of game Cavonte Turpin would have had to me that kick return. Oh my goodness. Special teams. I, you're I, right. It got girl. me pumped. I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, Cavante Turpin could be taking one back in the Super Bowl. And I, I like that was the first thing that went through my mind. But um, special teams also, yes, credit to them because they were also just playing all three cylinders so well. So um, to me, I think it would have come down to the offensive game plan. Defensively, I didn't when looking back hindsight now to how the game played out, I wouldn't have worried so much about what Dan Quinn was able to do and how he was able to yeah. adjust, but it would have been key for the guys to get in the trenches to get around putting pressure on, say it was Patrick Mahomes and get that ball out. They would have had to force turnovers, which Patrick Mahomes was releasing that ball like that. I mean, I don't blame him, but um, yeah, that's really what I would have been looking for. And so, uh, it is now off season officially, and it just seems very sad and dark. I mean, guys, we don't we don't have NFL football for a while, so uh, I know I know what I'm doing with all this time I have now. This this is not fun.
0: I don't know, man. I'm kind of vibing right now. <laughs> I'm excited for that off season. <laughs> I'm but in but the draft I'm stuff. week. Like, so yeah. <laughs> what life? <laughs> What's that? Look. <laughs> It's something that stood out to me, too, Aisha, and I, I love that you mentioned the coaching in that as well. There was a moment where, and again, like I know I talk about him all the time, but Marcel works for ESPN. He covers the Dolphins, and so I love being able to watch things with him because he sees the game just so much different mm-hmm. than I do a lot of times, and he explains things to me. And where it really stood out was uh, the Chiefs, I believe it was their second touchdown in the second half, um, where the wide receiver ran like a double move, cut in, and then cut back wide open touchdown and at first like I didn't really see that as being like not that it wasn't impressive but I didn't know why it was impressive right and that's just growing in the game and learning and watching. And just the way we like, we rounded it, rewinded it, we rewound it, it. we rewound, whatever. We ran it back, (laughs) we ran it back, (laughs) we broke it down. Uh, And it was purely just coaching, you know what I mean? It was them getting in the film room and saying, okay, this is how the Eagles like to load up. This is where they like to put their secondary. Like, how can we break that down? How can we get past it? And they did it twice. Mm. One on either side of the field and it worked. And so to me, that's where I'm kind of like, "Eh, I don't know if our secondary could have handled that i don't know if our you know just at this point of the season all of my notes that i wrote like oh well like this could have been cool if the cowboys didn't have a banged up o-line this could have been a game if the cowboys had tony pollard you know just all of these little what ifs so uh just thought that was interesting conversation to have but jess mentioned it, it is officially the off season Uh, And some of the younger guys have some things to say about what the Cowboys should be doing in this offseason to get better and to get into that Super Bowl next year. We're going to talk about that and what the NFC East could look like next season when we come back on our second block of Girls Talk Boys Talk. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger.
1: What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more.
0: Girls talk, boys talk. Presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Registration is now open for the 2023 Dallas Cowboys Youth Football and Cheer camps presented by Invisalign. Use promo code Spring Break 23 for 25 off camps on March 14th or 15th, and take advantage of early bird pricing when you sign up for a summer camp by May 12th. Visit dallascowboys.com/camps. It feels weird that I'm doing that, and Jess isn't doing it, but Jess isn't doing it because she's joining us remotely on a camera jess Navarrez, aisha morrison Haley sutton Uh, ladies the super bowl has come and gone that means it is time to start thinking about 2023 aisha's doing a lot of work with the draft show we're going to get to that in a little bit and what she's been seeing as far as some of the guys who could be joining the team but some of the guys who are already on this roster ladies have been really adamant about speaking out and how they can make this Dallas Cowboys team better how this roster this time next year will be playing in that Super Bowl next week Uh, a lot of the guys have been vocal we know Micah Parsons spends a lot of his time on Twitter sometimes it's good sometimes it's okay Uh, but someone who stood out to me this week uh, was CeeDee Lamb Uh, he spent time at the Super Bowl he was getting a lot of media attention which I love for him right because he's finally entered that chat of oh, yeah, like I can walk with the ones. I can get interviewed like the ones. So uh, good for him. But uh, something that stood out to me, he was doing an interview with Sports Illustrated and the reporter asked him, what do the Cowboys need to do in the offseason in order for y'all to be in this game this time next year? And without hesitation, CD said, we got to make some offseason moves. He said, look at what, the Super Bowl teams that have made it have done in the past, right? They've recruited, they've recruited, they've built their roster. The Rams did it, the Eagles did it. They both were in the Super Bowl, uh, and that and that was his thing. He said that's the trend that's going on lately. Uh, Jerry Jones also talked a lot at the Senior Bowl about how close this team is to you know being at that elite level. Um, Obviously, Aisha, you've seen some stuff on Twitter with these guys recruiting, but it just to me it sounds like they're they're really eager. You haven't really seen this in a while, where the young guys are so bought in to the process of getting to the Super Bowl. It sounds like they're talking the talk and they want to walk the walk.
2: Yeah, man, it's uh, I'm I don't know if I've seen it. Like I don't know if since I've been paying attention to to the Cowboys, you know, as much as I have, I don't know if I've seen. Young players be so vocal, but it's difficult to look around and see how other teams are building their teams. It's difficult to see Philly go out and be so active in free agency. It's difficult to see the Chiefs bring in Kadarius Toney last minute, Mm. and he makes a difference in the playoffs. It's difficult to see other teams kind of doing the necessary things outside of the draft to kind of build around them. And so what I'm looking at, noticing how Micah, how C.D., how Trayvon, the young, I I think it's important that these guys are guys that the Cowboys are probably going to try to resign. These are gentlemen that you want to be here and they're stars at their position. For them to be vocalizing how much they want talent on this team and they want the team to be more aggressive. I mean, even Michael bringing up Deron Payne. Yeah. He clearly sees what a good DT does for him. I just, I wonder if That means something to the organization, because I don't like I said, I don't know if we've had young players be like, hey, man, (laughs) we see that we need talent on this team. And with how the Cowboys like to kind of attack, you know, just really drafting and developing and not really touching free agency. I wonder if this becomes a conversation. I wonder if this is something that maybe puts a little fire to them. Like, hey, especially and these guys want to win. Mm hmm. These guys want to win. They don't want to be here for decoration. They don't want to be here and win 12 games a season and then go to the playoffs and get knocked out the first round. These young guys seem like they... And I'm not saying the older gentlemen don't have it. But for them to vocalize it like this, I really do think it means something. And I hope that I hope that, you know, people are listening. I hope they're listening and we're seeing, like, what works around the league, building a team and getting, to, getting over that hump. And so, I don't know. I, I just I've – it's been interesting to me just to see how fiery they've all kind of been in, about it and – it's intentional. Yeah. It's intentional, right? And so I I it's, I'm this is an off season that a lot of people are saying, like, what are the Cowboys gonna do? Are they gonna change up how they normally do things? Is it just continue gonna continue to be draft and developed with there's nothing wrong with that. But just with how adamant this these young guys have been and they're not even just young guys, they're guys that make a difference on this team. Um, you can tell they wanna win, they wanna do what it takes to win. So I don't know. I it's just it, it piqued my interest the the gentleman who've been speaking. It's it piqued my interest. Yeah. So. I'm,
0: I'm looking at Micah's Twitter right now and he has uh, tweets on there where he's like trying to recruit Calais Campbell. I mean they're recruiting, the they're they're
2: doing and it's just like are y'all recruit are players should players be recruiting more in the run office? I just don't know. Like I don't know what the what what the deal is. I just know that they you can tell there's a sense of urgency in wanting to win and just not being okay with just well, we made it to the playoffs, and yeah. they—they they see what works, what's working, and I'm just hoping that there's some uh, transparency there from you know the front office, and that maybe that there is a different some different approaches that are taken in the off season because you keep getting to that point. These young players can see that it's. It's not that it's not enough, that there's just a little bit more that needs to be done at this point.
0: I agree. Uh, Jess, this is a franchise, obviously, that you've enjoyed a lot for most of your life as a fan. But uh, since you have been around this team from more of a media perspective, how does this – and I know it's obviously early, but how does this offseason and the way that the players are reacting, how aggressive Jerry has been in, in making those coaching changes, uh, how mm-hmm. does this offseason, in your opinion, compare to maybe some that you've seen last year or in seasons past?
3: Yeah, I think it definitely has a different feeling to that, and I think a lot of that is Mike McCarthy, right? I, I think, uh, again, people do not give Mike McCarthy the credit he deserves in terms of being able to maybe have this different kind of relationship with Jerry where it's more open-ended, and being able to build the team like he wants to build the team, and I think also a lot of that, too, you're seeing is Dan Quinn even maybe having more of a say than, than we're thinking. So, um, I, I think uh, Jerry really allowing everybody to have their their respective control when it comes to their coaching and, and their, um, you know, their talent on their team is is something new that we haven't seen. But I also think, you know, in terms of these younger guys and, and these players trying to recruit, uh, it's interesting to me because you're also talking about a team that when the OBJ conversation was up, they're taking him to a Mavs game. They're trying to parade him around Dallas to be like, look how cool it would be to live here, you know, and and that is just, that's not something you see with just any team, right? So um, to me, it's, it's speaking volumes that these guys are coming out here and they feel comfortable enough to vocalize these things. I think that's the most important thing. And I think a lot of that, and not to say this wasn't the case, you know, in in years prior, because obviously I wasn't in the building and, and seeing things from more media side, I was seeing it from more of a fandom side, but I think Mike McCarthy has created this culture. And we talk about it a lot to where these players feel comfortable. uh, And, and they feel like it's a two-way conversation. It's not just one ear in one ear out the other. It's very uh, two-sided and it's very reciprocated. I mean, they know that, Mike McCarthy is going to take it in. He's going to listen and he's going to take account for what they're telling him. And I think that's so important that these players have that kind of relationship with their coach, because that is going to take them, I mean, To the next level, really, in in my opinion, if if they can get the right talent in there. And and like you said, Aisha draft and develop is so important, but also uh, attacking during free agency and looking at even the weapons that uh, we've gotten during free agency that have ended up panning out later on for the team and how important they've ended up being. Um, And and the one that comes to my mind automatically is when I think of free agency signings, I think of Anthony Barr uh, and kind of the impact he had when when. you know it it wasn't it wasn't thought that he would and then dan quinn has his stamp on uh and this magic touch of being able to bring uh players back to him for very good reasons but um yeah i think it's it's an interesting difference here that you're seeing you're seeing the mike mccarthy era and the open conversations that are allowed uh, to be had with these players to feel comfortable to actually speak up about the things that they're wanting and the things that this team is lacking right now so good for them and good for mike mccarthy we we love a mike mccarthy healthy culture uh, over here looking for answers
0: yeah i agree i think for me this is the first time i've seen them really be this aggressive this early i think a lot of times with this franchise it's been a lot of like oh like draft division Develop. Like, that's what we kind of cut our teeth on. That's what we're going to do. And this is really the first time where they said, okay, day after we lost, we're making coaching changes, you know. Two weeks in, we're adding guys that we think are going to be of value. We were talking before the show, the offensive assistant that the Cowboys added, Mm -hmm. uh, Will Harringer, I'm going to figure out how to say his name properly uh, so that I don't mess it up. But uh, he was an offensive assistant at USC. But uh, something that stands out about him is how he transformed Caleb Williams and and the season that he had. And you saw Caleb go from... (laughs) a great quarterback to an elite quarterback. And obviously that's at the college level. Things are different. But I think what Dak is lacking and has been lacking over the last couple of years is a guy who's going to come in and understand the kind of offense that he wants to run and the way he wants to command the offense and have somebody you know, work with him one-on-one. So I'm hoping that that makes a difference as they also continue to add in, you know, other pieces on that as well. Mike McCarthy, when he was calling plays, well-known for that West Coast style of offense. Short passes, stretching the field horizontally. So we'll see just how that integrates along with, you know, adding uh, Brian Schlottenmeyer, Schlottenheimer. Shoddy. 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 All these names. But then we're going to use the offseason to practice. Uh, But just a lot of changes. I have just loved how uh like you said Jess like uh, how aggressive they've been how committed they've been it's not just the players I think who are committed to win but I think it's the coaching staff as well no
2: yeah they're definitely looking for answers because here's the thing is like your core nucleus of guys are probably still going to be here you don't want to lose your locker room no you don't want to lose your locker room because you don't want to make changes or whatever the case may be like I we wholeheartedly we looked at every game we looked at all this stuff and a lot of it was Scheme a lot of it was like what are you doing here a lot of it was So for them to be trying to they're just looking for answers Obviously Mike McCarthy's gonna get guys in here that he's comfortable with that can kind of echo his his language and I honestly think that I'm trying to again. I'm I'm trying to take the approach of like when Dan Quinn got Hired by the Cowboys a lot of people were like Oh Lord, yeah. like why would y'all bring him in here, yeah. or whatever? And uh this is gonna be the same Seattle type defense, whatever. And he comes in here, he's like, Salt Bay, like <laughs> just kidding. And so I'm trying you to be like
0: a polite Salt. Bay. Exactly.
2: No, very polite, cause <laughs> Salt Bay don't be polite all the time. um But just with with Mike McCarthy, what? he don't be polite all the time. No, he
0: is not. He
3: polite. not, girl. He sprinkle salt on you.
2: He was
0: Guys, you polite.
3: made me knock my phone over. I got so sad. I'm sorry. He he,
2: he
0: was not polite at the World Cup. See, that's all I'm
2: saying. He, he be doing his thing. But anyway, oh, like man. I just um I I like the approach. I like the approach to start. Like I like the approach to start. Now, can we mirror that with, hey, we're drafting. Accordingly, but also sprinkling in some free agents that could put this team over the top, like mm. because experience seemed like it mattered in this playoffs as well. I mean, in this Super Bowl as well. I feel like you saw some of the experience in the coaching, like we talked about, mm-hmm. especially in the second half from yep. the Chiefs. I mean, the we, adjustments.
0: I mean, even though, the, the the second yeah. half adjustments. Even though
2: they don't exist, like uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we've been told they don't exist. There's no such thing. They go in there and get some Gatorade and come back <laughs> and out, back with out.
0: But I, they weren't. They were not allowed to watch the. Rihanna concert. At least the Chiefs weren't tater tot. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Mahomes uh, was That's on sad. one of the the nightly shows. And I can't remember which one. Um, but he told the audience that uh, Andy Reid told them, "If you go out to watch Rihanna, you might as well just like don't come back." So I hope they were able to... Dang, I felt like she... I thought
2: they. I really thought they might have watched her and it gave uh, them, like, some... <laughs> some, some life. Good, some life, like... Some, like, motivation. It. Yes, I, I thought so, but now that you said that they... Yeah. But, yeah. no, I just really... I felt like the experience there, and that's something that I... I always felt like with Kellen Moore was something that stifled the Cowboys when you got into uh, later into the playoffs or even in the regular season when you played a defensive yeah. coordinator that's been there before. The Chiefs came out in the second half, and you could tell. They were like, oh, <laughs> we've been here before. We we did this yeah. before. This ain't, this ain't scary. Yeah. And, you know, and so having experienced I, coaches in yeah. here, sorry, girls, so having experienced coaches in here, even
3: shotty has been there before, been there plenty of times. So plenty of times. Plenty of times. Go ahead, Jesse. No, I think, uh, you know part of it, too, is you be aggressive in free agency, you uh, draft and develop, but also utilize what you have Say already. Say that, man. Because I feel like offensively, you also have never had a, a, a well-established identity. Yes, you have your run game, mm-hmm. you have your one-two punch, but then what else? You have your CeeDee Lamb, who emerged after the OBJ talk came out, but then what? I mean, you have to know what your players' strengths are, and you have to play up on them. You have to utilize their talent and their strengths. I mean, Michael Gallup was basically uh, non-existent. And, you know, people can can say, well, that's a Michael Gallup thing. Well, was it a Michael Gallup thing or was it a a game plan scheme thing? Because you look at it and uh, you can't tell me any player in this league doesn't want the ball. I mean, that's not how it works, guys. You you have to be integrated in your offense to be able to get the ball. So um, even um, I'm looking at this article that one of my colleagues with Blogging the Boys did, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis on their first and 10 podcast. Great stuff. Um, they talked to Kevonte Turpin and this quote right here, uh, they, they talked to him about, you know, him wanting to be more integrated in the offense uh, come next season, which is something that in the locker room he had told me, he said, you know, I want to focus on special teams this first year, get through the rest of whatever the season looks like and then i want to you know talk about getting more integrated in the offense but he said we had a talk during my exit meeting basically saying they already know what i did with special teams this year and all of that but they're going to try and get me on the offense and try to make these guys respect me more on both sides of the ball i'm going into this training camp i'm basically trying to show them that they have no choice but to use me on offense and that's my mindset that's what Cavante turpin said again you have a weapon with kevante turpin that uh yeah Focus him on special teams. We get he's great on special teams. We know that give him his rest this off season that man has been working give him some rest this off season and then yeah utilize your weapons my whole point is guys we don't know what exactly this team can look like because we never saw them fully utilized except every now and then there's little dashes and sprinkles of what they're capable of but i think what i'm most excited for with all of these changes and and you know maybe some free agency uh, attacks and then the draft and develop scheme of all of the of all of the things is how these current players are going to be utilized and how they are going to feel more comfortable in, in the grand scheme of things. So that's something, um, too, that I wanted to make sure to mention was utilize your guys you already have on top Such of, of that. Such a good point. Such
2: a good point. And I'm sure the players are I'm – sure, I'm sure there's some excitement, you know, just – it, it, regardless like they can miss killing more all they want to but there's some <laughs> excitement with being with with the change like i just keep it a bug like there are plenty of times like why we sat there and watched jake ferguson be like non-existent in the last two games and it's just like yep where are these tight ends yeah. like they've been such an intricate part of this offense and i agree with you is like i hope that with this coaching regime we don't run into seeing like well, that guy hasn't touched the ball in two weeks like that and even with Kavante Turpin like um I don't I'm not sure you know obviously like he did have some receiving opportunities when he was with TCU but he was mostly a special teamer as well so obviously getting him in and letting him learn the playbook and all that stuff might be something that played a factor into it but there were plenty of times that I said to myself like he can do what Kader Tony though, he, he can do that too you know like so I agree with you, Jess, is that I'm ready to see the gentlemen that are on this team that we've seen be playmakers be able to be involved in this offense on a regular basis as well.
0: Yep, we will see kind of how that pans out. We've got to take our second break because we are just flying through all this content. But we come back, we're going to hear Aisha's thoughts on the draft as we kick down to that. Uh, we'll be right back here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Mm-hmm.
1: Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more.
2: With Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar, you no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic Angel Food or the new Angel Food Slim, blended
1: without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day.
0: Back to Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Get ready for a new season with brand new gear. Visit your local pro shop or log on to dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and upgrade your Cowboys Nation wardrobe today. Final block here on Girls Talk Boys Talk. We've got about five minutes left to chat. As we've mentioned before, Aisha has been working so hard on our draft show. She's helping us get ready for the upcoming combine and the upcoming draft and some guys that we need to pay attention to. So every Thursday, we're going to give her the mic and let her kind of talk about what she has been seeing. Aisha, talk to me. Who's standing out? Who's looking good? Who should we be pulling up the film on?
2: Um, so I am looking, I've been looking at a couple of wide receivers just because I know for a fact like that's. That's something that, you know, Cowboys fans are really looking at um, and really wanted to. I've been looking at Josh Downs. Um, I know people have talked about him quite a bit as of late from North Carolina. Um, I just like his feet work, his footwork. I like him off the line. Now, granted, like Josh isn't a huge dude, so he's going to be playing more slot type stuff. Um, But what he's going to do, he's going to allow, definitely allow CeeDee Lamb to go to the outside and work out there. CeeDee Lamb has worked predominantly in the slot. Um, I think that he also matches kind of some of the, the receiver types that, granted, depending on the day, like Mike McCarthy liked big slot players, but there's there's been a couple of situations where he didn't with the Randall Cobb guys night. Randall Cobb was a, sm- a small slot. Well, not a small slot, but so I'm looking at guys that could kind of be the Randall Cobb type situation. And looking at Josh Downs, I actually think he's a better route runner than he is. I think that he is actually better off the line of scrimmage than than uh, what Randall Cobb was. But he can get open on his own. He's vicious, and he is a red zone threat. Like, and I understand the Cowboys have red zone threats in the tight ends or whatever. But to have a, a constant red zone threat because he can get open at the line it's condensed when you get to the red zone I think that this gentleman could be a good addition also to um I'm gonna gonna make sure I say his name right I'm not gonna listen don't Steve Avelia Avelia um from TCU he's an offensive lineman he's a guard I'm looking at guards uh there are guards in this draft class but I'm not going to say a whole bunch are really good. The only reason why I bring him up is because of his showing at the senior bowl was, was really good, but I, I really do think that he has the ability, especially technique-wise. I think technique-wise, he's one of the most sound that I've seen. Uh, sound he's, I think he played center. They showed him at center a couple times in the senior bowl. But I think that he's one of the most tech, technically sound uh, guys in this draft as a guard, and I also think that – he has the ability to get to the second level and do things like that, and that's something that I know for a fact that they're going to want to do, that um, Solari and Mike McCarthy are going to do. The run game is going to be a huge point of emphasis yeah. going moving forward, and even running back-wise, like I'm sure we're going to talk about it uh, on the draft show, is like there's a lot of running backs in this draft. You – I'm almost positive that, yeah, you kind of want a power runner, but you want a guy that can also catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So with that being said, I really think that a, a Steve Avelia is somebody that, and him being here, local. Yeah, right so there, the he's going to do, if I'm not mistaken, typically these Hometown guys. is Arlington. Yeah, SMU, yeah, thank you. SMU, TCU, those guys that are in this vicinity, they typically meet with the Cowboys. I don't know what it's called. I don't know if it's Cowboy Day. It's something day something day where they the local recruits get to Dallas day Day. they see that's that's what she's (laughs) here for look at her Dallas day (laughs) speaking of all the days (laughs) because he's in close proximity (laughs) I think he is someone that the Cowboys could be looking at because of uh, obviously because of proximity and because of his place so those are my two gentlemen I've been looking at I watched a lot of Josh Downs yesterday and he can get busy um so yeah Those are my gentlemen.
0: Awesome. You can catch Aisha on the draft show coming up right after this at 11 o'clock. Jess, real quick, I'll give you the final thought. Based on kind of what Aisha has been watching, what do you think your biggest need is for this offseason? Where are some pieces that she should be looking at for this team? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm
3: glad well, I'm really glad you started looking into wide receivers um because the more I sat and really thought about this from our conversation last week I think that is the point of emphasis the more we hear CD Lamb talk and uh you know that interview a- alone with Sports <laughs> Illustrated but I think wide receiver wide receiver should be key here and I know that may not be the popular opinion, but I think the more help you can get CD, the more help you can get Dak on that offensive uh, you know, and the, off- the offense as a whole, the more uh, identity you're going to get established and not just be a running team but be actually a threat when it comes to the passing game as well. So uh, I'm going to look into this Josh Downs guy Aisha, you have me googling him over I here like and I him. like what I see uh, tied for 7th with touchdowns 11 touchdowns in the 2022 season um you can come to dallas and get 11 touchdowns i would not be upset about that at all that would be great so um yeah i think wide receiver Haley to answer your question
0: Awesome. Another insightful conversation with my girls. You can catch us every Tuesday. (laughs) Just kidding. You can catch us every Thursday Thursday at 10 o'clock. We're still adjusting to the new time, but uh, always good chatting with you ladies. We'll have a lot more in the coming weeks, especially with the combine coming up and uh, coaching changes continuing. So stick with us as we continue to get you ready for the 2023 season, which is only a few months away. Oh God. (laughs) That'll do it for us here on Girls Talk Boys Talk. We will see you guys next Thursday.